Chief Miller is dedicated to featuring the men and women of the fire service from around the world. Chief Miller has a family of content creators who feature great people doing great things, making the fire service a better place. Make sure to follow along as Chief Miller creates, shares, collaborates, and features the special people who call themselves firefighters. Follow along on Instagram at Chief underscore Miller. Find him on Twitter at Chief underscore Miller underscore. Like him on Facebook at Chief underscore Miller number one. And watch for all the podcasts featured within the Chief Miller media family. Make sure to check out ChiefMillerApparel.com for all your fire service apparel needs. I know you guys have heard me brag about them before, but I want to tell you again about my friends at BSWUSA.com and all they did for me to get into this Roadcaster Pro with these great MXL BCD1 mics. And you know, when I started this project a year ago, I was working with a mic and an app on my phone to get the job done. I knew I wanted to upgrade, but cost was a factor. Well, don't worry about that factor anymore. Go check out my friends at bswusa.com they've got some of the most affordable packages out there and they'll customize them for you too to get the right price point so you have some of the best equipment to put some of the pure sound out there so again go check out my friends at bswusa.com the Man radio show is proudly sponsored by some great firefighter owned businesses and we're going to talk about them here for a second starting with my friends peter and nikki from axecaps.com if you're in the market for some quality apparel what about direct-to-garment printing are you looking to bring your own brand out to the world well go check out axecaps.com today peter and nikki will be sure to take care of you also ian Sargent from south florida at sgt firebags that's sergeant firebags sgtfirebags.com if you're in the market for a wash radio strap or a clean gear bag to protect you from the carcinogens out there reduce that risk of cancer exposure guess what sgt firebags has you covered use can man for 10 percent off and my brother herb tyler from nrc or national rescue consultants if you're looking to get usar educated from some of the best out there go check out my brother herb tyler at nrc.com that's national rescue consultants Get off your ass, canners, and get ready for some extreme tabletop exercises. It's time for the Can Man Radio Show. And now, your fearless leader, the senior canner himself, Jason Liska. While it seems like it may have been a little while since we've last been on, well, we're back. And if you can't see this because you're listening, but when you do see the YouTube, this is called Vacation Beard, and we'll just leave it at that. So kind of blends in with the mustache pretty nice. And today is a really awesome day because I brought on a friend, a colleague. I dare call him a colleague. He's he's definitely more than a colleague. He is a, a leader, a man who has definitely gone through it, seen it, shared it, and today that's what he's going to do. He's going to share some of his work, and we're going to talk about it. I've got my friend Chief Gary Ludwig on with us today, so welcome to the show, Chief. It's good to have you back. 
Hey, it's always a pleasure to be with you, my man. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it's 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 awesome when we get these opportunities to sit and chat. And I know they're few and far between sometimes on the phone because you go from I think we need to White House schedule you. I think we need to have you uh, with the handler like we talked about. You, you need to have someone who can walk you through your day, basically. So how are you? How are you today? Where are you at at this moment on the Chief Ludwig schedule? Uh, we're still at 110% and uh, shooting for 115%. And so, uh, and then somewhere along uh, around midnight, 11 a.m. or 11 p.m., somewhere I kind of just kind of peter out and crash. So, well, I think I so. almost I almost texted you last night at like 10 my time and nine your time. I'm like, I know he's going to be up. And, and I think I did actually. I think it was more close. It was closer to 11 or midnight my time. I'm like, okay, we're central time. He's an hour behind. Is it good or bad? Where's he at on the spectrum of being able to call him? And then you're right. You and I are like creatures of habit. We don't sleep a lot. You know, we don't do that, which is probably not good for us, obviously, but we definitely uh, stay busy or engaged in something at all points. And, and being on vacation last week, I'll tell you what, uh, you go a little stir crazy when, when you're when you're at the house and, and you got to find things to do. So I've been working on little projects here and there, trying to help out the wife where I can just to stay mm-hmm. engaged. Yeah, uh, you're. Should we say your forced vacation? Well, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you want to call it a forced vacation, it wasn't out of discipline. Let's just say no. um, isolation. No, no fault of your own. No, 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 no. It, it is what it is. Uh, I, I, isolation is a good word. Yeah. I, I, quarantine. Well, I, I mean, quarantine's a word, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it could be both. It, you know, yeah. lessons learned and we move on. And, you know, it's it's uh, no fault of your own. My, I might add. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I got to I got to say there's a little responsibility maybe but you know i listen we've navigated oh. we've navigated i mean uh, four months four months four and a half months yeah. and and you know an episode occurred and and it happened and we moved forward from it though you know we Roger moved forward that. so i told you how i would handle that but we'll, we'll discuss that later so well, well we'll definitely discuss that later and and i appreciate you uh you know being there for my quarantine messages every day that i was able to send them uh, you know some of them ranged from am i funny today should i be mildly satirical or should i just go for the sarcasm and i i think some of the best ones ended with me talking about how the neighbors and i finally agreed no mask you know no shoes no service and then underwear is optional i thought that was a, a fun message to share it was a fun message though you know but it's so so be it. So be it. So today, you know, we're going to talk about your latest book. And we just spent the last 20 minutes talking about fully involved leadership and, and some of the lessons learned. And, and we're definitely going to uh, chat about that another time because I want that to be another episode. But today, this segues into 401 things veteran firefighters can teach you. And let me tell you, when he says 401 things, He's literally telling you there are 401 ideas in this book from how to start your career, how to start your day, where you go through the process of that day. What are the things you do with your crew as a company officer, as a senior man, as a as a boot, a probie, a jake, depending on what region of the country you're with? Right. You know, I read through this book and I picked some of the and trust me when I tell you. I could have picked every one of these 401 things. I mean, even the things that didn't apply to the construction of my area, right, or some of the tactics we deploy, I could have picked every one of these things to talk about. But I picked some of the things that really resonated with me and some of the things that I find are already being taught 
especially by me in school, if I'm teaching a class or things that need to be encouraged to firefighters out there where the messaging should be, hey, there's something in here for you, whether you realize it or not. And on Amazon.com, I rated this book and I said, this should be a manual for future firefighters, okay, as well as future leaders. This is something that everybody needs to have. And we talk about wanting to become a leader. We talk about the steps we need to take to become a leader. And this right here, there's nothing wrong with reading a book like this that has veteran firefighters, officers, Jake's on the ground, talking about the senior man again. These are people that put their time in this career, shared the value, the experience, the good and the bad. And here they are today giving you their knowledge. That's mentoring. Exactly. It's, it's, it is. Each one of those is um, not only my experiences, what I've learned in my 43-year career, but uh, it's also a, a lot of experiences I've been able to ga- gather from others that have long, great, and illustrious careers and have learned experience call by call by call, thousands of calls at a time. And, uh, and what has worked for them and what hasn't worked. And you're right, it's all divided into different categories. There's a first chapter that deals with what to teach your new rookie coming through the door and then goes into building construction and right on down the line through uh, incident command and how to safety and survival tips, um, just a bunch of different things that I've been able to put together. It's been three years of research, actually, me writing down some of the things I remember and know and then also in my conversations with others. And so... Uh, I, it's uh, it, I'm thank you for those kind words. I uh, I got a picture back from a friend of mine last week that actually has the book, and uh, he you know those little post-it notes. Let me, I got one like right here, one of these little post-it notes. Oh yeah, uh, you know those little tabs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He sent me back a picture that I, I couldn't believe how many tabs he had on the book um, that he's going to be used for teaching for uh, teaching the class, I, and uh, so it was a real compliment for me to. I st- I got that picture. Uh, I don't know if I can share it. On yeah, the no, you can but... share it on this because it'll it'll be shown on on the YouTube version uh, for the okay. listeners. They won't see unless they go to YouTube. So I'll have to try to see if I can find it while we're talking. So no worries. Don't forget, guys, if you want to watch the show as well, you can go see us at YouTube. Uh, the Can Man Show, the Can Man Radio Show is on YouTube, and we're proud to start promoting that. We got a lot of things we're going to add. We're we're learning the technology as we go. You know, Chief Ludwig pointed out something in, in fully involved leadership, how millennials and the the zennials, I guess you would say, you know, we're we're the age of technology. You know, we didn't have uh, we, we had the advantage over some of our baby boomers, I guess you would say or the generations born before 1977 because, you know, they they didn't have that instant gratification, that satisfaction, right? So here we are. I still struggle with uploading videos in 2020 at 43 years old. So I'm just just throwing myself under the bus, humbly, just saying. So I'm working on it. I'm working on getting more content up there for sure. Nothing wrong with uh, nothing wrong with being humble. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, I will say this. The mustache keeps me in check. All right. Just leave it. No pun intended being a check. I'm just saying. So while we're talking and while you're looking for that, I want to yes. share some of the things that um, actually hit home to me. And I know I could have gone right from one to 42, but I started with things like take your bed linens off the bed in the morning. <laughs> all right. Now. Listen, I I know this is going to sound weird to some, but you hit something kind of dead on. There's nothing worse than walking into the bunk room and you want to set yourself down on a bunk that's yours and you can't because the person who's there ahead of you 
didn't take their bedroll down. They didn't take their stuff out of the space. They didn't give the consideration necessarily. And now that's not always a negative thing because sometimes like at stations where they're really busy, I'm sure, you know, they get a call at seven or seven fifteen or seven forty five and they don't get to do that. But Admiral McRaven and I'm sure you're familiar with him. He was yes. a Navy SEAL and a commander. He was the admiral of the Special Operations Commander, the, the, the head of the Special Operations Command, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. In his speech to uh, the University of Texas, if I remember right, he yes. talked about the importance of simple things. And one of the things that kept people like him organized in the morning, one step he took always upon waking up was first make your bed. And that is so simple. It is. It's just absolutely simple. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, and it's not about it's, it's the simple things define the character of who you are. So if you're not making your bed and you're not taking your bed linens off, you're not doing those sort of things, what you're doing is, you know, you're saying you're talking about the character of who you are. And then you're sending a message to the other firefighters of your character. Um, by the way, it says here that the host has disabled the participant screen sharing. If you could open that up for me, I can show you that picture, by yep. the way. Give me one second, and we're going to – all right, try that now. How's that? And I didn't mean to digress off. No, of it's good. It's a good point. Well, I want this to go up because it's an important uh, visual cue for those who might be interested. Um, to me, I utilize – and this is going to sound contradictory, of course, but I, wow. Okay, yeah, that guy. Is that it? Uh, can you see Green, that green and, and pink and yellow and blue. He's got them all tabbed out. Okay. okay so you, yeah, so that was, I, I was amazed at how much he had tabbed out, so. Wow. All right, I think I might have to do that now. Once I can get back yeah. in the classroom, I think that would be awesome. So I thought that, that, that was, uh, I was, that was pretty cool of him to do that, so. Well, you know what? That right there is obviously a pay or a show of respect, I would say, to the work that you put into this book. Um, moving into another avenue, and, and Chief Mark Bashore and I had this conversation uh, about three weeks, four weeks ago, actually, and it was about our First Amendment rights and some of the things that we often forget, especially now in the age of social media and, and where our brothers and sisters are out there. And, and don't get me wrong. We're frustrated at times. We're seeing a lot of changes in our society that are definitely concerning. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of issues that we want to be vocal about, right? We want to be able to share with our, our family, our friends, and social media seems to be that outlet. But here's the problem. Sometimes we go too far. And when we go too far, we we definitely compromise our integrity. We compromise our ability to maintain employment in the fire service. So do not end your career. And I paraphrase this because you, you brought into the realm, you know, Twitter, Facebook, everything, Instagram, do not end your career on social media. All right. That's number 44. And like I said, every page I turned, it was like, man, I could use this. I could use this. I could use this. But I think that's a that, that's an important message to send to the firefighters, to our brothers and sisters out there who are frustrated and want to use that platform. Yeah. I, I, so, uh, you know, I, I, Dave Statter, who's a friend of mine. Um, I don't know if you know Dave. Out of Statter 911, if I'm not mistaken, Statter right? Yep. Yeah. And Dave coined the phrase, um, and I'm, I think I got it right. Social, social suicide assisted, uh, let's see, social media assisted suicide. I think that's what mm -hmm. he calls it. So, mm -hmm. 
And, and yes, uh, when you get on Facebook and write things that what I have seen in the past, and especially um, as we've gone through this national dialogue about race and all those other things, and what I've seen some people write, I'm just appalled at, quite frankly, um, that we that we would have people in our profession that are about taking care of people, and then they write the things they write, including um, what we've documented is 18 different fire chiefs that have have written something on Facebook or posted a picture or done, done something else doesn't include even all the firefighters who wrote some of the things they wrote. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you, you can't be in a profession that cares about people and write to some of the things you do. And if you do write them, you know, you're subject to, you know, committing suicide with your career. Yeah. And a, a lot of those fire chiefs that I just talked about have been fired by their communities because we are held to a higher standard and we should be held to a higher standard. Um, if we're in the profession of taking care of people um, and doing the things that we're supposed to do and going to someone's home at three o'clock in the morning, we should be held to a higher standard and we should be in a profession that's about taking care of people, regardless of what they look like or what their beliefs are or the religious beliefs or mm-hmm. whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. We're not there to judge. We're only there to take care of people. And that's what we should be about. And going out on Facebook and writing some of the things that I'm aware of uh, is just suicide as I write about in the book. Yeah. And, you know, and and again, I'm going to use Chief Beshear's example. Mrs. Smith doesn't care what your political view is at three in the morning, nor does she care or want to see it in general. Okay, and so you put it in another aspect. When you're on the clock, you're there to serve the community. All right. And when you're off the clock, you're still a representative of that community. All right. So you have to remember people know where you work. We broadcast that all over social media. There are plenty of people out there that'll post their likeness in their shirts. And, you know, I have no problem sharing my experiences on Facebook at times. I'm very cautious about what I share because I know that HIPAA and various other issues can always come into play. So a lot of what you see on my Facebook page, and I think you've seen it, it, it's stuff that my wife posts, which is really satirical and sometimes like, oh, wow, Binky's talking again. All right, let's see if we can just go ahead and for a moment. But I also like to post things that are relevant to me or relevant to our community for for the betterment, you know, and for obviously, you know, in Charleston, for instance, you know, Ryan Pennington posted the other day, we lost a young brother, 27 years old. Yes. You know, those are the messages we need to share. These are the messages. It dovetails into my message as IFC president. If you don't feel well, don't make it your farewell. Amen. Uh, We had two deaths last week. The, 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 you know, the young firefighter paramedic there in Charleston. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it just breaks my heart when I see the pictures of him holding his young child, uh, knowing that young child's not going to know his father. Um, and then there was a 50 year old firefighter in Georgia that died of a heart attack on a, on an accident scene. Um, and this is the number one killer of firefighters yeah. is heart yeah. disease. And so many of them will complain of not feeling well, or there's something wrong, or something's not right prior to the cardiac event, even hours ahead of time. And so it's so imperative, and that's what my message is is if you don't feel well, don't make it your farewell. You need to speak up. And if you're the person in the station, uh, you need to just say, don't go back to the bed hall and lay down. Don't go home. You need to take care of them. We wouldn't treat a patient who walks into the station like that. They say, I don't feel right. You wouldn't tell them to go back in the bunk hall and lay down or go home and lay down. You wouldn't send them home. You would deal with them. You at least take your vital signs. You at least take an EKG. You would do something. And we got to treat our firefighters the same way. And so, uh, is again all these things we talk I talk about that in the book you do and, uh, you do it's so important but you know going back to the other thing that we were just talking about um, during this national dialogue on social justice and all those other things we as firefighters need to realize we are here to take care of people regardless regardless of their beliefs regardless 
uh, if they're a protest or whatever the case might be, we don't judge. We should be taking care of people. That is our role, and that's what we should be doing. And uh, it's so important that we still uphold those traditions and honors of service to our communities when we do that. Absolutely. It's the oath we take first, do no harm, just no different than what a doctor would take. An EMT and a paramedic recognizes that oath. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, chapter one of pretty much any EMT or paramedic book discusses uh, ethics and discusses the role we play in the community. Um, Mistakes. My gosh, I'll raise my hand first. I am the king of mistakes. You want to raise both hands? Do you want to do jazz hands? Jazz fingers? I don't have enough hands to raise. That's okay. So all the mistakes I've made. You know, I may, I, 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 I'm going to have to be honest. I, I, I screw up every day. I make mistakes all the time, and you know, it's okay. And and these kids come in, and number fifty four, expect to make mistakes. I tell these kids because if they think anything they think if i screw up i'm going to lose my job because that sometimes is what's punched into their brains that knowledge that you don't have the the room the wiggle room to make mistakes in your career well i'm living proof that i nuked my career midway through and i was able to bounce back and still recover making mistakes and and accountability goes in that as well so how do we separate making mistakes from not being afraid to make mistakes. How do we differentiate between the two? Because we have to be able to share with these kids. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to make that mistake. We're not going to bite your head off, but repetitive mistakes have to be corrected, obviously. Correct. So it goes back to what in my other book about uh, why firefighters do something wrong. Three uns. They're either unwilling, unaware, or unable. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they're uh, unable, we find out why not. Is there some tool that you need or some, you need more resource or whatever, you know, are you unaware of something? If they're unaware, we teach, we should mentor. Yeah. Um, it's only if they're unwilling to do the job, do we have to look at changing that behavior through discipline? Um, and discipline shouldn't be punitive. It's about letting them know that, you know, there's consequences when you do something wrong intentionally. You know, I, one of the biggest things I have a pet peeve about is that we discipline firefighters for making what I call at-risk decisions. Yeah. They have a choice of A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based upon their experience, education, and training, they might choose A, but actually C was the better choice. Yeah. And as a result of that, then the chief wants to go and discipline them for making an at-risk decision. That's not teaching and educating. Um, and, and all we're doing is making them afraid to make another mistake. And that's make in, another decision. I'm saying make another decision. Yeah, and that's in fully involved leadership, if I'm not mistaken. I read right through that, and you're right. It's it's very important to know we don't get the luxury sometimes of making the right decision. But I've said it, and I'll keep saying it. the 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 worst thing, the the one that leads to the most dire consequences, is indecision. All right, if you had to pick the evil of the three, the right decision, the wrong decision, or indecision indecision is going to be the one that causes the most chaos or the the bigger negative response in the long run. And it'll affect your ability and credibility as a leader in a lot of ways. That's correct. And so, um, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. I, 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 I just passed my 43rd career um, uh, date the other day. I'm yeah, you did. Business, 43 years. And yeah, so, you did. Do I still make mistakes? Yeah, I still make mistakes. Did I do it intentionally? No but I learn from them, you know, and I'm open to listen to others that say, Hey, you made a mistake. I'm okay with that. Um, and we should be okay with that. Let's learn from our mistakes. You know, that that's, that's part of the, the rent we pay for being in this career is the mistakes. 
that we make. Yeah. And uh, as a result of that, you know, we, we need to decide that do, did someone do it intentionally? And the answer is probably not. The majority of people don't come to work as firefighters that want to make a difference in the lives of others and have a career where they help out the community and go, I'm going to go in there today and screw with people and I'm going to mm-hmm. make mistakes and I'm going to do things intentionally to screw things up. They don't say that. No, we should be coaching, mentoring and helping those grow in our profession, become better firefighters by learning from the mistakes. And so they don't get repeated. Oh, amen. Amen. And you know what? That right there, again, leads to good mentoring. That leads to good succession planning. That leads to developing leaders. That leads to encouraging them to expand their horizons. You talk about inspiring people. All right. Well, motivation and inspiring, totally different things. And I never thought about that at first because you can be motivated negatively and positively. There, There are consequences with both, I guess. And so the inspiring a firefighter to do a good job. It's how you identify with that firefighter, how you recognize what they want. So how do we get them there? What do we do to inspire them? Well, our actions alone can dictate that course. And as leaders, we have to remember, we have to be able to share of ourselves and give of ourselves to our next generation in order for them to be inspired to succeed. What you just described is leading by example. Yes. And don't do as I, you know, we, we, if you're going to say something, you need to be able to, to carry through and be the one to also be able to do that. So, oh, trust me, there are days where I've, I've lost my temper. There are days where I've said things I don't mean to say. There are days where I could have come across differently as a lieutenant and, and I didn't. And, you know, those moments of humility where you realize, and we talked about this in private, you know, wow, yeah. I, I could have said it differently. And I could have I could have handled it differently. And then there are those moments where you take that autocratic stance in a sense or that that, you know, aggressive stance. And you, you have to be that way. And, and there's no saying I'm sorry. It's just because it's the way it was. And you had to take that moment to reset and take that moment to. That's exactly right. To push through. And, and you know, and, and we've all had our moments where we go, you know what? Dang it. I should have never said that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And that's going to lead me to something operational. All right. And, and let's transition into the next phase of the book. Why construction matters. All right. So in Florida, if you graduate standards, any school, the college, any of the technical schools or the other fire schools out there within a year of graduation, you get a free class at the Florida state fire college. And, and I, I'm grateful to plug that because I want the Florida firefighters who have just graduated standards who might be listening to know this or firefighters who know someone to share this one of the first classes we recommend is building construction. Mm-hmm. Why not? You need to know what you're walking into and what different types. It's more than just type one to type five now. Okay. I mean, there's so many other green buildings, for instance. Okay. Let's talk about SIP construction. Let's talk about ICF. Let's talk about all of the green building components out there and some of the materials they're using and how dangerous they are to us when they off gas one. All right. Or two, when they're considered structurally unstable. And if you're not seeing it through the stucco or the veneer put on the building and you don't realize that's a SIP building, which is OSB with foam. All right. Sandwiched between two pieces. And guess what? Your lightweight steel truss construction running from one side to the other is basically what's holding that together. Aside from the paneling and the adhesives, you're not going to realize that critical failure is going to come faster when that fire condition changes, when that smoke condition changes and you're not paying attention to it because you didn't know what kind of building it was. You know, when a, when a doctor goes to medical school, when they first go to medical school, their whole first year is dealt with anatomy. 
mm-hmm. to understand and know the body. You know, and, and look at our profession. This is the enemy that's hiding inside this this building. It, you know, why will we not know construction and how fire behaves on on the, on the different members of that building, of the structural members of that building, and how it's going to behave to that fire? You know, we're, we're no different than the doctor who has to go. A doctor doesn't just go to surgery school without understanding the mechanics of the body and how it functions. Yeah. They learn the body first. And, and firefighting is no different. You know, mechanic doesn't start working on an engine without knowing how the engine works. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go to mechanic school and learn how the, all the different components of the engine work and, and how they all function and how they interrelate to each other. And we're the same thing. You know, we go fight the enemy in a building and it's so imperative and so important that we know structurally how that building is put together and how that building's going to react when it's exposed to fire. Yeah, very much so. And then transitioning to the commonalities of every NIOSH report. Number 345. So NIOSH 5, yes. If you've never read a NIOSH report, if you've never taken the chance to go to the website and study what... NIOSH has presented to you. And if you guys don't know what NIOSH is, that is the organization that takes all of the information, all the data relevant to the loss of a firefighter. And they study it, compile it, they they compile it and study it, and then they put the report out at the end. And they give with their recommendations with the recommendations on how to change. And what are some of the biggest commonalities that we see, Chief? Well, one is is a lack of a of a three sixty. Yep. Um, the lack of command and control. Yep. Um, and I don't have it in front of me. That's here, okay. So. Tactics is another one. Yeah, Training tactics. is another one. Training. Yep. And what's the fifth one there? I'm trying to remember what that is. I don't have it in front of me there. That's okay. And I believe it was resources, but I'm going to go back real quick, and I'm going into the book right now because this is very important. So. The improper size up. So there's your 360, the lack of command, lack of accountability, communications, and then, of course, tactics and yeah, of, yes. and very thing, you know, with five SOPs or SO, a failure to follow SOPs so that follows in right. tactics and resource availability. Exactly. So, so that almost, well, in fact, every NIOSH report has that in there. They call it the NIOSH 5, mm-hmm. uh, that all those firefighter deaths have a commonality, and it's those five. Yes. Uh, that somewhere along the line, one or all of those or some of those were not followed or there was there was a breakdown in those. There was no 360 done. We just talked about that off record mm-hmm. uh, prior to is that, you know, you look at Don Abbott, what they're doing with the Project Mayday. They yes. looked at over 5,800 Maydays, compiled just tons of data. And they got a website called Project Mayday. If you go and extrapolate the data and look at it, 75% of all Maydays, there was no 360 done. R was an incomplete 360. And uh, so a 360, uh, again, just don't walk around the building. Look at the building. Mm-hmm. Look at the construction. Look where there's a basement. Look at the windows. See what type of what type of room might be behind that window. Look at the trees to see which way the wind is blowing yeah. and how strong it's blowing. You know, look at where the utilities are. You know, just, just everything. You should be transmitting that over the radio to the incoming companies. I got my 360 complete. This is what I'm seeing. Oh yeah. What, what about what kind of utilities you have? What about yeah. the, the using the thermal imaging camera, the tick? All right. That's another important, yes. uh, another important tool on a 360. If you're not ticking the building, then you're probably going to walk into a more dire situation than expected because 
Andy Starnes, even Ryan Pennington, and a lot of great minds out there that have wonderful training and, and are experts, especially Andy in the field of thermography. You know, he takes the time to break down why thermal imaging matters in the fire service and shares with you the importance of understanding that camera and what it shows you on the screen, how it interprets to your tactics walking into the building. And it can be done on the outside as much as done on the inside. So you got to be able to have that tool in order to get the job done. As he says, if I find out you didn't use the best technology to go find my family in a fire, then shame on you. You know, and I'm paraphrasing him, of course, but that's a very solid point. Yeah. So, you know, 360s are an important part of what we do. And and if you look at the NIOSH 5, you know, that's one of them that where there's a failure that happened. And again, we talk about 75% of the time, but if I could tell that quick story, it's in the book is that uh, I know a firefighter that was in the Mayday. You know, he's first in officer on the first new company pulls up on what looks like a ranch home. Mm-hmm. You know, as they're coming from one direction to the other, he's able to see the Delta side, the alpha, they pull past the property. You can see the Bravo heavy smoke conditions in the rear of the property. He's assuming he's got a fire in a back bedroom, uh, in the back of the house takes instant three quarter through the front door with his guy and gets about five, seven feet inside the door and goes right through the floor into the basement. Mm. And um, if he had done a 360, he would have found out what looked like a ranch home actually dropped off the backside and there was a walkout basement. Yeah. And the fire was actually in the basement and the smoke conditions that he saw were coming from the sliding glass door. Mm-hmm. You know, the proper tactic would have been to stretch that inch and three quarter around the backside and go through the, you know, that basement door. But instead he walked in over that fire, went through the floor into there. It took him about seven minutes for them to get him out with a RIT team. And the guy who was on the line with them actually burned his hands mm. Uh, when his gloves came off as he was reaching in, trying to pull him up out of the basement. So simple procedure doing the 360 would have shown him that that fire was in the rear in the basement and uh, and a proper stretch around the backside would have been the proper way to go about that. So um, again, the NIOSH 5 is you got to understand what is killing our firefighters out there. And that NIOSH 5 talks about that. Well, that leads us to 401 and I would be remiss if I didn't share 401 and I'm not trying to throw the, 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 the teaser out there and spoiler, but go home every morning at the end of your shift. And all of this is relative to that. Everything about this book, book, 401, right? Probably the most important one. And my representation as a member of the uh, national fallen firefighters foundation as a state advocate here in Florida and, and something that, is very important to me is the EGH everyone goes home, you know, uh, message that is shared out there. And it means that you have to fight to make that happen. And the only way to do that is to do your job the best you can. Don't forget the unextra- the extraordinary and the unexpected can occur at any point in our career, but don't be careless. Do your job, go home to your family. Think about the rewards, the benefits of that at the end of 24 hours. So sometimes they'll say the firefighter was complacent. And my response to that is, well, that's just a fancy word for lazy. Yeah. What it is. And so you're right. It's about doing your job well, knowing your job and training. We talked about the importance of training. You know, unless you're fighting, unless you're the busiest station in some inner city somewhere where you're fighting fire once or twice a day, you're not, you're not an experienced firefighter. Uh, you are a trained firefighter and the only way that you can stay on top of your job for what can kill you is to train properly. Amen. Well, 
we have something to do next and we're running into that timeline here because you've got things and i got things so we're going to do this next phase and if uh if you guys want i i cannot recommend i i encourage you 401 things veteran firefighters can teach you i am grateful for the opportunity to have this text fully involved leadership and everything that chief ludwig brings in his 43 years in this profession that's no easy feat all right most people 25 and out you know and you chose not to I, i love what i do i still love it today I'm honored that Billy Goldfeder, my good friend, he wrote the foreword for that. Oh, oh, you I, mean the other good mustache? The yes, other the, good uh, mustache. The guy that you're trying to rival on a mustache. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. One day I will get a side-by-side, a little face-to-face with him, and we will have the, the battle, all right, of Ohio and Florida. Who wore it better? How about that? Yeah, Billy's got you beat, man. Uh, he's got to lift it up to put food in his mouth. So well, I can, I can pull that off. Yeah, no, he's, he's down way below. I can still see teeth on you, so. Darn it. But he's. He's got you beat right now, but I, uh, you know, I also want to add that that's uh, if you like to listen to books, it's available on Audible too. Oh, I was going to share that. Yes, in fact, Audible.com, Amazon. You can find the book at both, and they're one and the same essentially. So, don't yes. forget, go check it out. Other retailers out there, Barnes and Nobles, uh, Books a Million, if I remember seeing correctly. And by the way, Google Books. And I left a, a nice, uh, you know, comment and, and a nice uh, review for you on Google Books last night. So, Thank you. if you get that opportunity, go to Google Books and do the same. Get this book out there. Use it as a guide. Use it as an opportunity to grow and teach the new guys, the middle of the road guys, and even the senior guys who might not remember all they were taught in standards and maybe need a refresher in something. So thanks, Chief. We appreciate you. How many people I'm hearing from that they want to get the book and give it to one of their new guys as or gals, I should say, also yeah. that are coming on the job. So, Well, this is what it's for. This is what's called mentoring, paying it forward, and giving back. So that being said, guys, as always, keep your head on a swivel. Look out for each other. Take care. We're in some crazy times, but you know what? We'll navigate through the hostile waters and territory, and we'll come out on the other side stronger than ever. God bless. We'll catch you on the flip side. You just survived 30 minutes of online training with the Can Man Radio Show. Did you remember to train your probie today? The Can Man knows he knows everything. When that 2 a.m. lift assist drops, the Can Man will be thinking of you in his dreams. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. And if you want to look for more content out there from some great firefighters on some awesome podcasts, go check out some of my friends, starting with my good friend Steve Green from the Five Alarm Task Force and my good buddy Rob Pollock from Flow Invent, the Down to Fight Fire podcast out of British Columbia, Canada, A SA Matters with Dr. Richard Gassaway, my good friend Ryan Pennington from West Virginia with Jump Seat Radio and that Jump Seat Radio Nation. Pin the Q, Code 3, Do Work, The Thin Red Line with my brother Captain John Haywick out of Passaic as well, The Fire Rescue Show, The Average Jake Firefighter, and of course, John Spira and the Fit to Fight Fire podcast. Go check these brothers out as they put great content out there and they're going to appreciate your support. See you on the next one.